C3 Church Wellington AMA. Ask Me Anything, the series where we tackle the tough questions. We ask the simple questions and we explore the questions that most people think but may not want to ask aloud. My name is Ray here and joining me is Pastor Steve Hinton, who's cackling away to himself because we've been asked a question which has caused some debate in the studio. I love it. I love this. This is one of those, I imagine we'll get a few clicks on this one, Ray. I reckon we will. (laughs) I'm going to ask the question. It's good to be here, by the way. (laughs) What does the Bible say about sex before marriage? The sex before marriage question. I love it. All right. And so, look, let me me just uh, dive in there straight out of the gate and say that First of all, let's let's just lay it out there. The Bible would would say that sex before marriage is not the rhythm that God intended. Okay. Okay. That sex was designed for within the covenant relationship. So that's let's just lay that out there. So that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Okay. Now, now is that in a previous episode we talked about um, passing religion through the filter of society. That was, yeah, so let me, let me I guess, rephrase that a little bit. So you've got the word of, so the Christianity hinges on the foundation or is built on the foundation of the Bible. Yes. So if you want to pull Christianity down, you need to pull the foundation out, which is the Bible. Okay. So... Uh, we would say that at the top of authority is the word of God, the Bible. Then you have the culture in which you exist in. We're in 2018 in Wellington City in a pretty sweet looking recording studio here, I must say, Ray. <laughs> and uh, and, and the, the mission of God's word through the culture is, in which you exist, gives you the context in which you do church life. You get that order around the wrong way and you can end up with some sort of issue one way or the other. What the temptation is, is to put culture above the Word of God. So if, if culture says that it's okay, it's acceptable, then the Bible's now irrelevant, outdated, and we don't have to listen to it anymore because culture says that it's okay. And that's where... I would want to lovingly push back, especially on this topic as contentious as it is. And so, right. So, episode two of the AMA series, we talked about the Bible and we decided that the Bible was still relevant in this day and age. Correct. So, the Bible is the Word of God. Correct. And let's just plug that. Like, maybe it might be helpful to hit pause on this episode and go back and check out episode two. Even if you've listened to it before, listen to it again. Yeah, because it might help you with, a, with the context in which we're coming from. And look, let's, let's just put it out there. No, we, don't have to, no, we don't have to agree. Right. You know. Pause. I'm going to go listen to it now. And now we're back. I have listened to it again. So here we go. So let's talk about the rhythm of creation. Okay, so first of all, God built creation and he built it for our enjoyment there is no joy germ in god he is not trying to take from us rob from us in fact here's a newsflash ray 
Sex was God's idea. God's gift to us. Can you imagine him with the whiteboard and he's deciding where bits are going? He's got, no, I get rub that out. That doesn't work. He was actually in the dirt making us. <laughs> my, my kids are great at making uh, mud pies and whatnot, so I can imagine, you know. But like, so he created sex. God is a creator of enjoyment and pleasure and every good thing that we enjoy is God's gift to us. Okay. So he is not trying to rob off from us or, you know, stop us from having fun, but he did create things with a rhythm and an order. And a lot of this rhythm and order is that we might understand his character. So for example, in Genesis 2, uh, he made he made he made man and then out of it says that you know Adam named all the animals you're a lion you're a rhino you're a hippo you know you're a giraffe but he couldn't find a helper fit for him and uh, God saw this and so he he said he put Adam in his sleep in a deep sleep he opened up and took a rib from Adam closed up the flesh and out the rib that he took from Adam he made woman he must have been struggling there because i would have been like mm, ribs yeah come on you know and i have to say i'm just so glad that you know god used ribs delicious and um and so and so so here we go and so god formed woman and adam goes ah oh, at last bone of my bone flesh of my flesh i will call you woman because you have come from out, out of the man and then then the then it goes on therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and um and, and and join fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh, this oneness, man and woman becoming one flesh. And that is the, that, that is the act of unity, of unifying, of coming together and bringing your life together, which we now would, and this is the, this is the, this is the institution of what we would say is now marriage. I was about to say, it sounds very reminiscent of the uh, podcast episode in him, Unity. Yeah, so we, we and we also uh, kick back right back to relationship goals, hashtag relationship goals series. We did an episode on marriage as well. But so the oneness of marriage is there to help us understand the oneness of God. And we will cover this off in a f- future AMA. And we'll talk about the Trinity, God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three, three in one, and it's a mind bender. And it's, you know, to wrap your head around. But the point is that God exists in three and in perfect unity. And so we come together in marriage to reflect God and that oneness and and we understand the unity. And anyway, so this is the, the rhythm that God built into his creation so that we might understand him. But that's one, the first thing is oneness. But the second thing is covenant. It's this promise of giving yourself to, to someone for the rest of your, like I'm committed to you. And there's not much we have to offer one another in a sense, but what we have is the fullness of who we are. And the fullness of who we are is, is found in that place of nakedness and that coming together. And and so <clears throat> let me talk about the three words that represent, see, because we talk about love. And in the English language, love can mean a whole lot of things, can't it? I mean, I can say I love my wife and I can say that I love potato chips. I mean, it's like we can throw love around like it's, you know, willy-nilly, right? I mean, on Facebook, I can like a post or I can love a post, you know, and I think something like 60% of all non-likes, so you remove all the likes from Facebook, you 60% of those are loves. Like, you know, that's a whole lot of love. And it's like millions and millions of love clicks every day. I mean, we can love, oh, look at that dog. I love it. You know, so, to, so we throw love around willy-nilly, right? 
But when the Bible was written, and it was written in Hebrew, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, there are three distinct words uh, in Hebrew that all represented love, but different forms of love, okay? So the first love was uh, raya. Raya love was, was brotherly love. Like you and I, as mates, as friends, have a raya love. We, we uh, commit into a relationship and we get to know one another. I let you into my world, you let me into your world. We have like a kindred spirit. It's like this kind of, <clears throat> that kind of, it can be friendship, it can be uh, family, but it's raya. It's, that's, that's the definition of that sort of love. And then there's another word called ahava. And I love it. It's almost like breathing. Ahava. It sounds awesome. And, and that is giving yourself committing yourself into a committed relationship with a person. So you can have raya with a lot of people, but you have ahava with a person. And the third word for love is the word dod. And the word dod means the mingling of souls, mingling of souls. See, God's intention was that you'd have raya with people that would that, and then you'd have an ahava love with somebody. And when you committed into that ahava relationship, you'd have dod, the mingling of souls. Now let me, I mean, you know, I've got a daughter. I mean, thank you, Jesus. I've got one daughter and five boys. I've only got, <laughs> yeah. and yes, I have my guns license. And so what do I want for my daughter? I want my I want a man that would say I'm building Raya with you. I'm com- and then once we've established that you know this relationship's moving to Ahava, then on the back of that commitment, you get dode, you get all of me. I'm giving myself all over to you. The problem we have is that people want dode and no Ahava, and God never designed it that way. And so much hurt and brokenness has come because of that. God is not a taker. He wants you to enjoy. But you, he wanted you to give yourself fully committed to a person and to save yourself for that person. And what an honor. And a, what an honor to step into that relationship knowing that I waited for you to give you me I didn't give myself over to... Now, let me say this, that for some people right now, and even maybe for you and myself, Ray, because I'm saying right now, I I did not, I did not live this out. So I'm not here. I'm not swinging by God's grace with a machine gun shooting other people. Like that is not my my intention is to come across all judgy judgy and you know if you've you know if you've um, you know slept with someone outside of the marital bed then you're just a sinner. And, uh. Well, that was going to be my <clears throat> next question: is is what happens if I have? And this is what I love about the grace of God and the love of God and the restoration power of God. God is a redeemer and a restorer, and uh, and you know this is there's nothing that God can't redeem and God cannot restore. And so what we're talking about is the rhythm of His intention. But we understand that we are all living in a fallen world that and 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 we no one's perfect. 
the one great thing, the great leveler, is that we all need the saving grace and love of Jesus Christ. There is no one that goes to the cross and leans on it and says to other people, come and you should kneel. We all kneel before the cross and go, I need you, Jesus. So we, we are th- I'm so thankful for the forgiving, uh, forgiving, loving um, grace of Jesus Christ that uh, he saw every one of my mistakes, every one of my errors, and he said, you know what, I've paid for all of them. And so, but, so I don't have to live in condemnation I don't have to beat myself up. I don't have to not come to God or stay away from church because I'm no good. I didn't do it perfectly. Here's the truth. No one's perfect. Jesus was perfect so that we don't have to be. God's not after our perfection. He's after our devotion. That's the truth. But the question still remains, what is the rhythm of his intention? So it's one thing to say, you know what, I uh, that is the rhythm. And I, and I, I you know, and... I I I I didn't live out that way. It's a whole other thing to say. Oh, that's antiquated and outdated and irrelevant. It's so relevant. We live in such a broken world, and sexuality is so broken. And we've got so many girls out there that are putting their self worth into their image because they are looking for uh, uh, validation, and uh, and you know that that validation, and they see, you know. The stuff, you know, it's, it's crazy. You go on Facebook and someone, that image got so many likes and I didn't get that many likes. And so maybe I have to do that to get likes. And, and so, and on and on the cycle goes. You know, I'm, I want, man, I want to, people to know their validation can be found in Jesus Christ in a relationship with Him. He's your Father. He, Jesus, uh, God loves you. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He, you. he wants to let you know you're beautiful, that you're His daughter, you're a son, that you don't need to f- give yourself. And so, that would be my hope. My heart was that people would understand that uh, that there is such a powerful thing in knowing that you know I'm loved, I'm accepted, and I'm worthy of the weight. All right. So no sex before marriage, but if you're with someone who is putting the pressure on, is there? How would you deal with that? I mean, does that mean? that if they're putting the pressure on to have sex before marriage, that no, they're, they're not worth it? They move away? Do, my great my mind just my mind yeah. boggles. That's a great question. And this is the, this is the, the challenge, isn't it? When you, when you make a stand for something you believe in and there's pressure against that, that's always going to be challenging. It doesn't matter what that is. And so I think the first thing is, if there's genuine love in this relationship if it's moving from Raya to Ahava, then surely that conversation can be had and surely the per- love overweighs preference and desire. And if I love this person, I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to. So it's like you defer to, I was going to say the lowest common denominator. That's almost probably reverse, right? It's almost like the highest common denominator, right? So if... I've, if, I'm just trying to think of an example that moves us away from sex but can help here. Like in any relationship, if I want to do X but the other person wants to do Y, you go, well, you know what? I'll, I'll, sub, yours is, I'll, I'll submit to where you're at, you know? All relationships have compromise, right? It's, yeah, and that's, isn't that the essence of love? Is that, you know, I'm going to die to my preference because I care about you, you know? 
And so if you're with somebody who can't respect your wishes or or is putting the undue pressure on, you've got to ask yourself, is that really the right person to be with? Or ask the question, is that loving? Is it about your felt needs and your, you know, because I think this is where we get misconstrued. We think that intercourse is, an, is kind of like the, the height or expression of love. And I just think that, well, it definitely is one, but I think, yeah, I sort of don't want to contra- contradict myself because, yes, dough, the mingling of souls, but I just, like I said, there needs to be a testing of the ahava, you know, and, and on the back of that commitment, you can have all of me. I just think that uh, too much heartache has come from Dode with no ahava. And that was never God's intention. As much as he is such a good God, he's so good. He's so good. And all he's designed, is, his design was perfect. And we just want to, we want to go, we want dessert and we want it, and we don't want to pick up the tab. It's, you know, it's a little bit of where culture's at. Well, fantastic question, that one, and that definitely got the uh, got the, the debate started. If you've got a question that you would like to get an answer for, we're here to answer the tough questions, the simple questions, the questions that people, everybody asks, even you, Steve, probably, but does not necessarily want to ask aloud. If you want to ask a question, get it through to us on the social media or the website. The website is c3churchwellington.nz. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, it's all there. And if you want to remain anonymous, that is perfectly fine. Pastor Steve Hinton, thank you very much once again for your time. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for the tough questions, man. 